Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. Because he wanted to be a little bit more mobile, and so he wanted to go get the snowball, come well, over here. I thought the block was making it kind of sound like one direction. You, know? you thought, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. So y'all ready? Yeah, I think so. Need a little bit more slack. All right, printer's good. Alrighty, three, two, one, action! Hi, everybody. We're sitting here with Ish. Hello, everybody. Your full name? How do you say your full name anyway? Is it so Ishmael? Ishmael. Is Ish- Ishmael James Lopez. Yeah, we uh, we're sitting here in Las Cruces because this is where Ish he lives and he works, and um, that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to uh, record Ish on on one of these episodes is because he left he left uh, his hometown of Mescalero, went to college, and landed a job out here in Las Cruces, which is. Pretty awesome, pretty awesome story because not a lot of people that I know they're leaving home and um, going to college right after right after high school. And I think that you definitely had a different mentality when you were in high school than a lot of us. Because when I when I graduated high school, I was not thinking the way you were thinking. And I think that's uh, pretty admirable for you to do. How what um, what made you just get right into it and get to college when you graduate high school? So honestly, I didn't even know I was going to get to go to college like during the summer after I had graduated. I mean, um, graduation was in May. Um, next thing you know, I'm talking to my mom. She's, she's like, you need to fill out this application, um, which I didn't, which found out, I found out was for the tribal, you know, scholarship. And she's like, you got to turn this in. If you don't, you're not going to school. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, you got to turn it in. The deadline's two weeks. Get it done. So, well, year did you graduate in high school? So I graduated in uh, 2017. Sorry, 2013. And then I graduated college in 2017. Oh, wow. Um, so I was lucky to have four in, four out. Um, but no, yeah, so I ended up finishing the application, turned it in. Um, luckily, I was already accepted because I had sent out some applications to some colleges as a high school assignment you know send it to your basic college colleges in New Mexico UNM NMSU Eastern Western Highlands I mean I sent it to all of them just just because and um, luckily I was accepted into all of them but I didn't even know which one I was going to Um, and next thing you know I turned in the application and I'm getting ready to move to Albuquerque and that's it oh so you went to Albuquerque for those years yeah so I went to UNM um, straight to Albuquerque, New Mexico after graduating from Little Rido. So, um, had to grow up real quick, had to live the city life, learn the city life real quick. What did you study when you were in Albuquerque? So I ended up graduating in, um, criminology. I had changed my major several times. My first semester, I think I was like a, I don't know, like a 
sports medicine or uh, something related to that. And then the next one I started preparing for was business administration. And then I was like, you know, I, I really don't like doing this. This is not for me. And then next thing you know, I'm changing it to a criminology. And by that time, I was already a sophomore. And I was like, all right, if I don't, if I don't choose this or if I don't choose the one that's going to... Um, you know, that I want to go with, I mean, I, I'm just going to waste some time here. So luckily I, I chose that one and I stuck it out and that's what I was able to graduate with. The The success story here is that you you graduated high school, you went straight to college, you knocked, you knocked it out in four years. But uh, I just want to back up a little bit. Where where did you grow up whenever you were... So you lived all your life in Mescalero, right? Yep. Um, maybe there might be some people who are listening to the podcast who don't know like some of the subdivisions and stuff like that, but um, let's just do the best that we can to describe like <laughs> your your neighborhood. Yeah, so my first, I would say my first part of growing up in Mescalero, I grew up in um, the Parma Loop oh, yeah. subdivision. Right across from me, huh? Yeah, lived there <laughs> over there for a little bit. Um, I think I was in middle school or maybe even intermediate school before we ended up switch, uh, moving um, so we ended up moving to, uh, it's called Mud Canyon. So right there off the highway, um, heading towards Cloudcroft. Oh, so you lived in Parma Loop for a while, then you ended up moving down to Mud Canyon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was a big change because there was, you know, all your friends were in Parma Loop. Everyone met up at the right spot, at the same spot. Um, then you moved to Mud Canyon where there's less people, not that many kids. I mean, it's different. And you yeah. went to Redoso your whole life, Redoso schools? Yeah, and I, I attended Redoso High School's. Redoso schools for all of my, what, 12, 13 years. I have a weird memory. I think, um, were you in Robert's class? Like, when you were in, like, what would you have been in 2004? Third grade? Third or fourth grade, yeah. Yeah, were you in Robert's class? Yeah, I was I, in his class one time. Your brother, Robert? Yeah, I remember taking Robert to his orientation, and Ishmael was there <laughs> next to him in the, in the same class. I, I was I was a becoming a senior in high school. That year. <laughs> I took Robert to his orientation. You're an old man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm showing my age on this part. Who are your Who is your parents? Who raised you? Who took care of you? So my mom is uh, Chrissy Cochise. Um, my grandparents are Christy and Perley de La Paz. Um, you know, grew up with the whole family: uncle, cousins, um, aunties. I mean nieces, whatever you can think of. I mean, everybody raised me. Um, so definitely I can, I can give a lot of credit to them. I mean, just my upbringing and how they raised me made me the person who I am. I mean, that's just, that's something I can't credit to anyone besides them. I mean, they, they laid down the foundation and um, you got to choose what type of person you're going to be at a very young age, especially on the reservation. Can we hear him good? Does he need yeah, to jump? Okay. Um, yeah, that's always fascinating to me is because I I know that a lot of us that come from the reservation have have a, have different up- upbringings because behind closed doors you don't you don't know what kind of families are um, you know that are happening. I don't know how to put it, but you know everyone has a different background when it comes right. to the family lifestyle, and as far as like playing outside or. Um, was it was your family close? Did your was your family like the type of family to always have big dinners and always come together? Um, did your family fight with each other a lot? What what kind of family did you have? So definitely, my family is very close. Um, every dinner, every party, I mean, everybody came over. Um, that was one thing I always looked forward to, just because of how 
many of my cousins came over. Um, and I know one of my missions every weekend was to try to spend the night with one of my cousins. <laughs> if not, have one of the cousins spend the night with me. Um, so when I moved to Mud Canyon, I mean, I was kind of happy because one of my closest cousins lived like right up the street from me. Um, so, but no, yeah, dinners, everybody showed up very close. Um, everybody was welcome when they came to the house. I mean, it, it's just, it was just a family. Kind of like, time. kind of like an open door type of house. Yep. People can just come in and hang out, get something to drink and then go back outside. Get some drink, get some food, come over, hang out. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um. Whenever you were growing up, who who was your... Did you have, like, an idol or someone that you wanted to be like? So, that... I mean, I definitely had your your people that you didn't want to be like. Um, I mean, growing up on the reservation, you see how many people can influence you. Um, it's just, I mean, you can... You got to choose, like, how how to how to set your mindset. I mean, what you see and what you can't take away. So instead of having people you wanted to be like, you had people you didn't want to be like, you said? Yeah, I mean, well, I definitely had people that showed me some things. I mean, you know, they were good role models for me. My uncles, for sure. Um, both of them, Christy and uh, Lamio. I know you spent, I'm talking about your first episode. Um, um, you know, you were, you spent some time with my, my uncle Lamio as well. Yeah. Um, he, and what I, and I kind of know your family a little bit, but I'm trying to, um, I guess, like, for those for those of the listeners that don't know you at all, I'm trying to, like, set a little background and uh, try, to, try to lay that story out. But from what I remember as a kid, um, uh, your Uncle Lamb, he was, he was, like, the cool guy all the time. He had, he had a cool vehicle, and he had the sound system and the speakers, and, uh, and he's, like, he cared about what I thought was um, cool about him is that he always cared about all the youth that was around him. So, like, if there was a party or a dinner going on, he'd call you over and he'd show you something cool with his car or something that he just bought or a new CD that just came out or ask you if you wanted to go to the Sun Bowl. He always, um, he always made it a point to involve, like, whoever was around. It didn't matter what age you were. And I, and I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how, if that's the rest of your, if your family or if they're all like that. But I think that's um, pretty cool. Something that, I guess, whenever I get back to Mescalero and I'm... And I'm becoming an older person. I want to try to try to keep with me. Just involve who's around you. You know, right? That's a pretty good, uh, a pretty neat trait to have. Um, is that was that all the, all throughout your family? Was everyone like that? Just involving the youth all the time, or was he someone that played a big role in your life because of that? So I think definitely. I mean, um, like just how my family is, they're very. I don't know. They they look out for one another, um, but. Everyone is their own special person. Everybody's unique in their own way in my family. So he was a cool one for sure. So um, at that age, what did you want to be? What what made you unique? What did you put yourself growing up in? So my my biggest thing, I always wanted to do something with sports, mainly basketball. Um, definitely want to want to make a living out of it, but that didn't happen. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's you gotta you gotta take what you can get. Um, I mean, definitely turn the negative situation into a positive. See what you got out of it, even though you failed. I mean, you gotta you gotta take that. Um, you gotta take something away from it. So I mean, you, you can look at it as you lose ten times, or you can look at it as if, as if you gain ten things. I mean, did you play in in college? No, so I, just... I I didn't play in college. Um, it was kind of hard because I didn't I didn't really get too much uh, 
exposure definitely I mean looking back on it now I always look like oh I, I should have did this I should have had these games recorded I should have did this and not tapes and stuff like that yeah. it was tough especially back then where social media and everything wasn't that big I mean it was still coming up but definitely not but uh, in high how school, it is today yeah you know high school you played right yeah high school yeah. I played football and basketball mainly um, a little bit of baseball when I was younger but and you graduated from Rudosa Yep. Rudosa High School? Graduating from Rudosa. You know, one thing, whenever we're young, we, we what we want to do, we always try to be the best. But it's weird because, like, when you're a kid, you want to be the, you want to pitch yourself go to the NBA or play in, exactly. play in college. Or, like, me, like, I wanted to be the, like, a platinum-selling artist, rapper, you know, and that didn't happen either. But I don't think I, you can look at it as a fail because, I mean, you're doing something, you know. You're taking it as far as you can, mm -hmm. whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's a, that's a big point to it. And that's... Um, I'm trying to peel back some of the layers on Ish and see like what it was that, that drove him to be the person that he is today. And maybe a lot of it has to do with basketball. I don't know if you would agree, but you had a sport. You know, you had something you want to live for, something to keep you busy. Yeah, I've had something I, I look forward to. Maybe, you know, that was it. But it can't boil all down to just basketball, you know. there's There's got to be something somewhere in you that um, just helps you to think a little bit different and keeps you goal-driven. Uh, there's a lot of people that I know, some of my peers, you know, friends and cousins or whatever, that were exposed to good things in their life. They were exposed to basketball, they were exposed to sports, you know, but they didn't turn out the way you turned out. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, you know, maybe you don't know what it is exactly that, that drives that part of you. And, you know, maybe we won't figure it out until later, until you're until we can recognize it. But um, there's, there's something there. There's something that's different about you the first when I first met you after the military um, I don't know where we were I think we were at the inn and we were talking about we were both just the way you composed yourself I think I was bartending you came to the bar and you told me hey how are you doing and you had there was a there was a certain way that you carried yourself and there was a certain way that you talked and you shook my hand and stuff I could just sense there was like a type of I don't know, maybe a, a character that I admired at the time. And I knew immediately that that's who I wanted as a friend. And we didn't know each other growing up. You're, I'm a lot older than you. But um, I always saw you in the gym. You were always, you know, with the younger younger crowd, of course, um, going to basketball camps. And you were always right there. You always balled up. Uh, and that's something that I wanted to talk about also. Um, there's a lot of things I want to get to. But uh, one of them is that your your mom she she took you to basketball all the time. I I worked at the gym. I was you know responsible for opening it. Um, I had to run certain basketball camps and tournaments and um, little league and stuff. And you were there for every event. Um, and I had to ref for all these games. And there was a even if we go back to whenever you were just a small kid um, learning how to play the game. You were one of the better ones on the team, you know. You were always point guard. You were always dribbling the ball down. You always had this attitude that you just you kind of looked like real focused on the game, and that's what stuck out um, stood out to me whenever I was watching you play when you were a kid. You're always at the gym, and when you're there, you always look very focused on basketball. And we can't teach that. We can't put that into a lot of the kids that show up to play these days because uh, even though they're exposed to basketball in that gym and, and that lifestyle. Not too many people pick up on that, you know. It doesn't seem like 
they care too much about being there sometimes or or they'll play and they'll be they'll be in the moment for a while but when right. they go home they forget and what do you what do you think um what do you think was your mom's intention by taking you to the gym every day for every game every summer was she just trying to keep you busy or did she know that you were going to be a good ball player what do you... i have no idea to be honest with you i mean definitely i remember my mom taking me to you know, practices, she would pick me up from school and be like, okay, here's your stuff, here's your shorts, here's your shoes, we got practice over here at this time. I mean, that's what we did. That's, I mean, I don't know if she wanted to keep me busy or what. Um, but I definitely remember being in practices. I mean, that was something I looked forward to at the end of each day. Like, especially when I'm just, you know, second grade, third grade, like, oh, I practice today, so I got to go to school. Um, I mean, I don't know, it was just something that was that that was normal for me out of my I mean I wanted to play sports yeah um, so she definitely helped me out you know taking me you're in your whole family which I remember watching you play when you're maybe around those grades like second or third and just you always had a big crowd like a lot of people always came to watch and it always gave me the impression like oh this guy's gonna be something when he's older because you always had such a big fan base like you had a lot of support and that's important whenever you're a kid because it instills some type of um, role that you have to play when you're growing up. It's like, okay, I'm this guy that comes and plays these basketball games, but my family's here for every game. They put on a show. They make it a thing. And then I think over time, you just eventually start fitting, start filling those shoes. Um, for me, I didn't have that growing up. And it took me a really long time to come around to sports. Because I didn't have a big, you know, fan a support group like that. It was just me and my mom. And I remember going to um, some basketball practices and my mom would drop me off and she'd be like, I can't pick you up today. Like, um, if you want to play basketball, I don't mind taking you, but um, you're going to have to catch a ride home with one of your friends because, you know, maybe she had something to do. And it was hard. Yeah, there was a couple of times when I had to walk home and I think I quit basketball when you're because I had it was too far of a walk and I didn't like walking home after practice and um, but yeah I remember looking back and seeing so many people support you and I think that's that's a huge thing I hope that people listening to this podcast can um, look back on it that people that might know you and be like yeah I, I do remember it's his big big fan group you know from when he was young and I hope that people can reflect on that and, and when they're when they have kids, this is something they pull away from it. They're like, hey, let's get the whole family out to watch this kid play, regardless of if he's good or not. And that's something I wanted to touch on, but I was trying to, you know, maybe get right. you to pull pull from that. Uh, what do you, how did that make you feel, just seeing the whole family sit there for every game the way they did? So I remember when I was young, I mean, I'm talking about kindergarten, first grade, like that stuff really didn't. It really didn't face me. I mean, I would always be like, "Why are these people coming? Why? Why did my uncle gotta come? Why does my, um, my uh, my grandpa, my grandma? Why? Why does everybody come? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. It makes me nervous." Um, I remember I would tell my mom, "I'm like, yo, I just gotta, I just want to play. Like, I don't want all these people coming. Like, I don't get it. It makes me <laughs> nervous." So definitely, I mean, at that point, I was very young, and I sometimes I got mad when they came. Oh, when when, yes. when different people came. Um, and then when I, I finally realized when I got to a point, I'm like, yep, like these people are actually supporting me. I mean, think about how many games they've been to. I mean, like it, it's, it's, it's very helpful. I mean, it gives you, um, you know, it motivates you 
definitely want to want to be your best when they show up and then I remember um when I would have like you know one one certain person come one relative come that it was their first time going um like say for that season I mean I would always want to play my best for that season or for that game because I didn't know when they were going to come back the next time what what age or what grade do you think it started to actually uh, play play a role in your and how you performed with just seeing your your fan base so I think definitely like in middle school was when it hit me pretty good I mean um because I remember my uncle um Christy he would like drive the games and he would at this point he was working over here and um, like near El Paso um at the at the Guadalupe um national park and i remember he would go to games i mean if we had a game at roswell or um like um you know like socorro i mean they would they would go my mom would go and i'm like dang these people are really driving far places for, for yeah to i remember watch i would me. see christy everywhere too when your football games especially like all, football all too yeah Silver city and stuff like that yeah, yeah football too i mean they, they would surprise me and um especially like you know they would drive to lordsburg socorro yeah. roswell albuquerque i'm like dang he uh he definitely has a lot of love for you. Uh, whenever he came, when he comes to the bar, and when I would when I was bartending, and you know he maybe be there for ten or fifteen minutes, or if he's hanging out with his friends or whatever, I always try to make it a point to be how's this doing? How's, you know he and he as soon as he he's just proud of you. You can tell, yeah. and um, I I think that he definitely played a a big role in your life. What what do you think his uh, how did, how did he motivate you or did he motivate you at all or did he talk to you did he ever try to pull you aside and mentor you or was he just like the cool uncle around and when he was around he made you feel good what was his role in your life i don't know man it's kind of it's kind of hard to put put this into words i mean that's my guy he he's been there for everything um he's like my like my role models slash brothers slash uncle slash like um, like one of one of my closest like uh, like relatives in terms of like having a father figure. I mean, because I didn't have I that growing up. I thought he was your father for um, a little bit. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> like I said, like a lot of people thought. Like I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that thought that. I mean, but just growing up, I mean, he. I remember I was either with him or my other uncle. Um, um, growing up, I mean, we would go to his basketball games. Um, I'd be running around at the you know wherever his football basketball game was. Um, and then when he was in high school, when he got old enough to drive, I remember I would always go with him. He would like take me to school when he was going to high school, like he would just drop me off or he would pick me up when, um, like at the end of school, um, like I remember just riding with him in his little green Cavalier. I mean, just riding there shotgun with him. <laughs> I mean, he was just always there. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's done a lot. It's, uh, it's hard he and I want to share a lot of these things with uh, some of the people, with the people that are listening, because there's a lot of positive things that can come from role models like that, mm-hmm. and a lot of us don't don't have it. So I right. think um, if if anyone's listening to this that's younger and you and you've got a role model in your life, I just recommend that you hold them close and you try to learn everything you can off of them, and whatever time that they give you is precious, you know. Because like I was saying, you know, a lot of us didn't um, have role models like that. And, Maybe some people don't have any role models at all. You know, I always had my, my protector, who's, who's basically my father figure, uh, my uncle Gabe. And some people think he's my dad, too. And he, he, he really is my dad. He, you know, raised me, taught me how to chop, chop wood, and hunt, and do all these things. And, and that's how I was exposed to a lot of stuff. But 
he wasn't a he wasn't a basketball player. He mm -hmm. su he supported my uh, my basketball activities and stuff, but he just he didn't have too much advice or um, guidance when it came to the basketball realm of things. But it's it's very important that um, if you're in a position to mentor somebody that's coming up like that, you you gotta take it. You know, fill those shoes because it's. Um, it's important. It's important to growing up. Yeah, I was gonna say like once when we're kids, like we really don't get that. We really don't get the point of them being there um, until like you look back and then you know the times already passed. You're like, oh, I'm really thankful, appreciate. Um, I really appreciate this person for being there, taking me to practice, um, picking me up, doing this for me, buying me this. I mean, those little things count. I mean, and I know where we're from. Like that doesn't happen a lot. Um, Especially too for the for the people who feel like they're they don't have that support and then they have the the small family and they kind of feel isolated. Yeah, and it it makes it easy for a lot of people just to just to not want to do something you know not want to be the best or not want to. That yeah, that's a good point. Not want to even engage in anything just because I mean, what's the point of it? Yeah, and that's why I think it's so precious. Is because not every family has that you know, and I remember thinking like. When I was a kid and I would see cool um, family members come from other, like some of my friends, they would have cool uncles or, or dads and stuff like that. And they'd show up and do cool things with them at the school or events. And I always wanted, I always wanted that and whatever it was. And I couldn't really see like what I had. It's hard to see whenever you're a kid, like you're saying, it's hard to really appreciate what's around you. But you see, when you see it in other, in other families, it's, it makes you jealous. It's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about. You know, you don't want to offend anybody and you don't right. want to uh, make anybody feel sad because they don't have that in their life or something like that. But um, definitely important, important for you, for sure. You know, you, oh, had, yeah, you had uncles sure. and father figures and, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have my, my uncle Gabe around and um, they, they definitely set the tone, you know, the type of person that they are is the type of person you want to become eventually, you know. Um, so... With, when you were done with when you were done with high school, you graduated Redoso. You said your mom had your your packet filled out for your your scholarship and everything to go attend UNM. What was your first thoughts whenever you got to your campus and you realized that that's where you were going to be for the next four years? So definitely nervous. I mean, um, I know one reason why I wanted to go to Albuquerque was like that was that was my favorite place. I mean, we would go to Cruces, El Paso, Albuquerque. And Albuquerque was my most favorite. I mean. Just because of how big it was, I mean, I liked the mall. Um, I remember one one um, assignment I had my senior year. We made like this brochure, and it was supposed to be like the brochure of your college. And um, I remember making that brochure, and I I ended up choosing the school to be UNM. Put the logo on, and still at that point, I'm like, looking back on it, and at that point, it wasn't it wasn't a reality for me. Like, that was just a project for me. And it turns out, you know, that was a school I ended up actually going to. Um, so, very surreal. I mean, I remember I had to change my mindset real quick during that summer. Did you feel, um, like, homesick? Like, you were afraid to be there? Were you nervous about having to stay there like that? So, I was nervous. Definitely excited, too. I mean, I just wanted to, to move on to the city and do things on my own. At that point, I mean, I'm by myself. Um, don't have my family. Um, I wasn't nervous to be homesick, but you know, I eventually was homesick. Um, I would go, I would try to go home as much as possible on the weekends. Um, I mean, it's just, it took a lot of time to adapt to. 
that that's that's interesting to me is the discipline that you had to have to finish the all the four years there because I remember whenever I tried to go to college in 2008 and I still wasn't grown up when I graduated high school and that's why I'm fascinated with your stories because when I graduated high school man I did not have myself put together I tried coming to college and I, I just wasn't disciplined you know I couldn't stay in Las Cruces I was coming to college in Las Cruces I couldn't stay here where uh, I couldn't do my homework all I wanted to do was go back to Mescalero for some reason and just waste time mm -hmm. but there was that inner desire to be home for some reason and that's why I think that um, it's a huge accomplishment for you to just go to UNM and finish all four years no breaks you stuck it out the whole time you're away from family and you're four hours away it's uh, it's definitely like I said it's really fascinating to me that you stuck it out as, as uncomfortable as you were there alone did you come back home a lot when you were there? Yeah, so like I, like I said, I tried to come back home every weekend. Um, I mean, after a while, that, that drive kind of started to get old. But I mean, especially too, leaving, I, I hated leaving on Sundays because, um, you know, I had class Monday and I had to leave Sunday. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't just chill with my cousins, especially when there's like a birthday party or a cookout. I mean, it's, you know, it's two o'clock then you got to leave before it gets too late. You're leaving by yourself and you're like. I mean, did you know anybody up in Albuquerque at the time, or did you just go by yourself? So at that point, there was I didn't have many friends from like high school because most of them ended up actually going to NMSU, which was closer. Um, yeah. So I I think that part of like wanting to party and you know be out on the scene wasn't there, um, especially too because I didn't really have that much cousins out there, um, and I I think about this all the time. I always think how how long it would have took me to graduate if I would have came to Cruces to NMSU. Because mm -hmm. I had more friends, more cousins. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would play out. So that isolation of being in, in Albuquerque was, was kind of what helped you in a way? Yeah, and, and you gotta, I, I had to change like just the way you think. I mean, it's like, like you're literally out there. You feel by yourself. Um, don't have any family. Don't have any friends. I mean... Going, I remember going to school um, my first day, and I didn't even know where I was going. I mean, I was nervous. I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's too big. I, I mean, I can't be late to every class. Like, I can't do this. Like, I'm. But then at that point, you who do you call? Like, you like you can't. Like, what's the point of calling someone back home? Like, hey, how do you ask for help in that? I mean, you got to figure it out. Um, I mean, that's the thing that I'm trying to get to is like, a lot of people that I know can't figure it out. You know, they. I don't want to dog on anybody. I don't want right. to put anyone down. But, like, the majority of people at that age just don't know how to figure it out. I think I had to be, what helped me out the most was, like, I had to be real with myself. I had to be truthful to myself. It's like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to, you know, be successful in life. I'm not going to be able to um, get a degree, get a job. And those at that point, that, that's what the long-term goal was. Um, I mean, you just, it, it's tough because like you, you have to figure out, you got to find something within yourself to pull, pull you through to that next level. I mean, um, it was weird too, because I, I, I really didn't like call my family too often. Mm -hmm. I remember I would always look forward to seeing them on the weekends, but I wouldn't really call them. Like I'm not the, the talking person. Um, I mean, during that point, like. I've definitely worked on it over the years, but I'm not the venting type of person. Like me using my words is like not 
it hasn't been part of me and something come, I'm working on. Come to on. think of it, when I when I saw you growing I always felt like you were quiet. I always felt like you were so shy. <laughs> and then definitely too, like I remember my mind would be a million of places. Like I don't I don't know what's that saying that they say like the the quiet ones have the most to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I would always just try to just I don't know, get the feel uh, of where I, wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing. Um just kind of like, you know, assess who the people are there. What's my point of being here? Like, it's just mainly thinking before before talking. Um, and especially, too, I mean, like, like I said, like, me venting, like, that was not something I I did growing up. Like, if I had a bad day at school, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. Oh, um, feeling sad over this? Oh, that's not real. Can't be sad. Feeling happy? Uh, you know, like my emotions would show it, my behaviors would show it, or my actions would show it, but my words wouldn't show it. Uh, it's just like something I've always held within myself all the time. I mean, and like I said, it's something I'm still trying to work on today. That's awesome that you can recognize it though, and that you're able to even just convey that. Because um, I think there's a huge there's a huge issue with a lot of a lot of the tribal members from you know Mescalero, maybe other tribes too, but. We're so introvert, and we we don't talk too much mm-hmm. about what we got going on in the inside. You know, it's uh, maybe maybe there's people out there who are a lot better than a lot better at it than we are. I'm definitely I was one of those people growing up. I did not like to talk about a lot of things, and I still don't like to talk about. For some reason, I do not like to talk about my childhood. I don't I don't like to talk about anything about it. But like, if there's anything going on when it comes to work or my relationships now or whatever, I really like talking about those things, you and, know. And I was going to say, too, like, it's it's tough because, like, how you said we're, we're introverts. Like, if you look back on it, like, if you see the interaction that people have with people back in Mescalero versus how they interact with people off the reservation, it's completely different. They're yeah. a totally different person. Completely different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, because, one, we try to keep everything to ourselves. But then once we cross that boundary, I mean, it's like they're outsiders and we're, you know, we're the ones that that um, that feel comfortable with one another. But then I feel like if we once we cross that or leave the reservation, it's like we, we treat ourselves as, as as if we're the outsiders. And mm-hmm. it's like we're just going to stay quiet, keep to ourselves, mind our business and do this and do that, whatever it is. And then um, it's tough because I remember when I would always go to school, like. I would not want to do anything. I didn't. I don't want to go like, like, um, like speak to the teacher. I don't want to ask questions. I don't want to talk during the group. Whatever. Um, I don't want to do any of that. Like even if we, if we went to the grocery store or, you know, getting gas. Like I don't want to talk to nobody. And then I remember um, one thing that always sticks in my head is like when I when I feel that way, my grandma she would always be like, oh, I'm gonna use some red slang, but she's always like. Um, like don't be shame, like don't be shame. Go talk to people, yeah. and I'm like grandma, like I I don't want to, like I don't, I don't need to, like what's the point? And she's like, don't be shame, don't don't you you can't do that. Do this, you have to go speak to them, like like don't don't be nervous. You got to talk, and I'm like that's a huge that's a huge problem, um that that shame attitude that we have, and for even even like for me and Chris making this or starting the podcast you know we had to definitely be comfortable with ourselves and yeah. and be and be in a good place to start this because um anytime f- 
from like especially like the reservation anytime you're trying to do anything like this there's there's a crowd out there man there there there's a whole group of people that like to congregate together and they all like to point their fingers <laughs> and make fun and to be at the other end of that man is sometimes it's vicious and it's after a while um you kind of get used to it and it just doesn't bother you anymore but growing up that's hard dealing with that is hard and especially yeah. like you know the bullies that come from the reservation can be relentless yeah because if yeah. somebody's doing something good then they get made fun of for it They're like oh shit look at him all stupid trying exactly act, trying to be white yeah it, exactly yeah. i hated that that saying yeah. so bad i mean I, I can't tell you how many times i heard that oh he's trying to be white why yeah. are you trying to be white it's like this is just normal regular people interactions and like you know people's skills and it's like something that's not not we're used to or not accustomed of us and then i i think that's some of the interest that i had in you whenever when i got out of the out of the military and i came home and i started bartending and like i said i saw you come to the bar and the way you carried yourself and the way you talked you were you were respectful and you were how i don't know how to say it you were just you're very comfortable with yourself and I liked, and I liked that, and that's why I was, I I knew, like I wanted to be your friend, right at that point. I just, I see it in people, and then sometimes I just know, like that's that's a guy I can I can talk to, you know. But growing up, dealing with some of the, some of the, I guess you can say haters, that's hard. Then having to leave the reservation, and get your life together, you have to shed that mentality. Or you have to put down that armor to graduate and go through college and make it through these classes because um, when you when you're in these classes they'll they'll pull that out you have to leave that comfort zone you have to do like you're saying the group projects you have to get around in the city you have to talk to people if you want things you got to go talk to the teacher like you're saying and then it's hard like you're saying you got to break out of that shell and put down that like I said the the armor for it but it's awesome that you you left home you you made the big move you you picked um was it criminal justice you you got yep. your degree and now you're a different person how how much different would you say you are from when you graduated high school definitely i mean like like i remember going back to school or starting school um like talking about how you know how we, we it's so easy for us to to feel you know, shame and talk to other people and stuff like that. Um, so I remember going to class and I I liked it because it was straight lecture, no interactions with the teacher. You just sit there, took notes, took a test, that was it. Um, but it took me some time to actually develop those those I would I would call it people skills. And even though it's just talking to someone right across from you in your in your table that you're sitting at, like that's something. Um, definitely that I was able to work on throughout the college years I mean because right now it, it only helps me out that much more um, you know in the work in the work environment and stuff like that I, I was gonna say when you develop those people skills it opens up so many opportunities right. like I can't even count how many opportunities like my personality has led me into um, it's led it's led me into talking to Chris developing this podcast this podcast might lead to something else and after a while I just began trusting that personality and just trusting those people skills to lead you to better places right and if you if we could just teach uh, a lot of our peers how important these people skills are and just to drop that 
shame for you mm-hmm. attitude. Right. It's so helpful. It's so beneficial to your life. Exactly. And it's hard to think about these things all the time. You know, this isn't the first thing you think about when you wake up or it's not something you're thinking about in your car and your way to work. Right, because it's normal to us. Yeah, it, it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to point out, but um I definitely think that we need to make it make more of like an, an awareness for it, you know. Right. Just so people can carry themselves a little bit further in life. Whenever I was in the when I was in the army, that's whenever I had to break out of my shell. I couldn't just quit and go home. I had to adapt and learn to speak the language and stuff. And that's where I found my voice because when you're there, you're there with a whole bunch of people that come from all their small communities. Some of them are shy. Some of them are shame, just like you. Yep. Um, some of them are over-opinionated. Some of them talk way too much. And when you're exposed to all those different um, walks of life, you eventually learn how to communicate with everybody. And that's what was cool about being there for so so many years is that you pick up on a new way of talking because that communication gets you, for one, it keeps you alive when you're in the infantry. So you have to learn how to communicate. Oh, yeah. um, that's, yeah. one of the, that's one of the biggest aspects of the military is communication. Um, so when, you, when, you, when I got out of the army and I came home, I'm just here talking to everybody all the time. I, you can't give me to shut up, which is probably why it's perfect that Chris asked me if I wanted to start a podcast. You just can never give yeah. me a shut up. <laughs> but, um, and so now, now I see it in people that are successful. And it's, it's not just a trend. I think this is something that a lot of other important, um, not important, a lot of other successful people have to. Um, you, when you go back home and you, you start looking at the people that are successful and those that are not, um, usually I would say like eight to nine times out of ten, uh, people that are very successful are very open. They're very uh comfortable with conversation um they're very good at making you feel comfortable when you talk to them and you know it's it's not something to be embarrassed about if you talk a lot or if you if you know how to talk i think you need to be proud of it um a lot of people that are shy um are afraid to put themselves out there like that they're afraid to be um conversational or they're they're afraid to be social and so I hope that you continue to work on that skill <laughs> and that you're able to share it with other people and make everyone else around you, you know, feel like it's okay to be that way. Um, so when something that I want to talk about now is that after you were able to put down that attitude and, and grow while you're in college, um, you, you had, for one, you had the perseverance to go through all your classes. You made it. You, you taught yourself the discipline to make it there. Now you have this degree, and you have to figure out what to do with it. Um, how did you land in Las Cruces? Like, what brought you from Albuquerque to Las Cruces? So I remember graduating, and I'm like, I, I have to move. Uh, I, I can't live here anymore. You couldn't move. You had to move. Why? I had to move out from Albuquerque. I mean, the just the crime rate was getting bad, especially, you know, being a criminal justice major, taking these um, classes. A lot of our classes were related to crimes in Albuquerque um and it was crazy I mean you you look at statistics and everything like that you know that classes use we were using the statistics in the city that we're living in crazy I mean I can't tell you how how lucky I am what what pushed you in what pushed you to uh criminal justice I don't know it's it's just something um I I really liked I've always liked I at that point, I really did. When I started school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, like you know, like everyone else does. Um, so I mean, something just led me 
led me to down that path. It's not an easy degree to get, you know. And whenever I graduated high school, I was like, I want the easy one, like whatever that is. And I had a small way of thinking. But I think that um, we did we did a podcast with our new president. I want I always like saying our new president. It's <laughs> I don't mean to be. I just mean um, Gabe Aguilar. He's been in office for thirty days, and we um, we interviewed him, and we were talking to him about jobs. And you know, he was saying that the people would some of the students would leave, get an education, and come back, and they were like, you know, I have my degree, I want a job, but now it's coming down to the type of degree you choose. Right. You can't just get um, a, get an education, say like for uh, physical therapy, and then show up to the reservation and be like, okay, I want a job. Because now we have, um, so we have demand you right. know, for positions. But I, I think that's awesome that you chose criminal justice, justice and you stuck with it. Where do you see yourself with that? What do you want to, what's your dream job? What do you want to do with it? So when I was in school, I definitely wanted something related to law enforcement. Um, you know, be a cop, something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember when I graduated, I got a lot of push to work back on the reservation, but I got used to living the city life, love the city life, love doing things. Um, I, I couldn't see myself going back at that point. I, I mean, think about it like you move to the city, fresh 18-year-old, you got to get used to the city, and then you have all this stuff available to you. Yeah, you everything's have, just so close, and you're like, we're at Best Buy. You right have stuff, yeah, yeah, you have stuff to do. You have mm-hmm. places that you have places you can go, um, like movies and stuff like that, and I didn't want to be, um, I, could, I didn't want to limit that when I moved back, and I mean, I, at that point, I didn't see myself doing that. Um, I remember I got a lot of push from my family to move back and it was like, no, I can't, like, I'm not going to, what am I going to do over there? For me, it's a, it's a couple things and I don't know if you can relate, but one of them is that there's too much fun back home and I would definitely take part in it. And exactly. I think, I think it would slow me That's down true. a lot. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to move back for a little while and so it's going to be a true test, but I think. At this point in my life, I'm I'm committed to <laughs> to completing whatever goals I have now. It's definitely tough. Yeah, it's um, but at the time when I got out of the military, I could have easily gone home, but I knew that I'd be running around. I'd I'd, I'd have too much fun to have. <laughs> I just want to because when I'm there, the distractions, man. You know, everyone everyone knows you. There's so many things to do on the weekends. There's so many things to do at night. And I'm not ready to expose myself so, to too much fun. You it's know so what I mean? easy to get in the wrong yeah. situation. Do so, you still want to be a cop? Or what do you want to be? So part of me still does. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out from like, you know, the, the career side. Luckily, I was able to land a job down here. What are you doing? Um, so I work with uh, Child Protective Services. Oh, yeah. um, def- definitely a good uh, foot in the door type of job. Yeah. Um, it was bad because I remember when I first graduated, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get a job over here, you know, wherever I go within three months. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Come to find out, I'm over here waiting, I don't know, like close to seven, eight months before I got before I got this job. And yeah. I remember I, I applied everywhere. I would apply in El Paso, different sheriff's offices, different police officer, um, officer stations and stuff like that. Um, and none of, none of them just fell through for some whatever, for, for whatever reason. Um, and then, so I remember like looking at it when I started this job, I'm like, oh, this is, this door opened for a reason. 
I don't know what, what it is yet, but definitely it, 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 there's a reason. Like I'm the, I'm the type of person to believe that that um everything happens for a reason. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, you might not see it at first, but overall, I mean, you'll you'll get to that point. So. I think this um, this city is definitely going to be supportive of the type of mindset you have. A lot of, um, you know, the people that I grew up with and the people I know don't really have the desire to want to be in your position. I think a lot of people have their own, I guess, uh, interests. Right. But for a person like you, I think coming to this, this city and uh, working with, you said Child Protective Services. What's your official title, man? So I'm currently I'm a investigations worker. Uh, um, so what do you got to do? Like so, you know, when you watch those movies and you know it's it might be called something different in the movie, but social services rolls up, picks a kid up. That's okay. That's that's me picking the kid up and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like I said, like it's it's tough because um, I didn't want to move from Albuquerque. Um, well, I wanted to move, but I didn't want I didn't want to move back to Muscalero. Um, and you know, I thought of Cruces. I'm like, oh, Cruces is small, it's smaller, crime's not that bad. It won't be too crazy. Um, it's closer to home, um, you know. And um, I wanted to be closer with my girlfriend too, because she lived in Cruces. I mean, because I, there was one point where, when I was closer to graduating, I mean, I would drive from Cruces to Albuquerque all the time. Um, Did you meet her in Albuquerque or in Las Cruces? So I actually met her back in high school. I want to say no, middle school. Uh, yeah, middle school. Oh, um, so I knew I knew her, I met her, but it's just something where our paths kind of cross, and um, you know, got to a point where it got pretty serious, and I just I was just driving back and forth from Cruces to Albuquerque on the weekends. Um, cl- I mean, my like my junior and, and senior year. So when you were in college, you would college, go all the way to Mescalero, then to Las Cruces. No, so what do you mean? I remember I was dedicated to go. Which team I was going or which town I was going to, I'm only going there and coming back. Oh, so it's either it's either home and back or cruises and back. Um, and I I enjoyed coming to cruises too because um, it was like a city that I I didn't get to experience too much of. Um, you know, then my girlfriend's here, then my cousin's here. Um, um, so I spent t- more time with him. Um, definitely, it was like something I looked forward to on the weekends. Um, but no, yeah, and then just coming down here, then getting the job. I mean, luckily, I mean, it. Luckily, I'm I'm fortunate to, to have um, it happen the way it did happen. Um, so are you still going to school while you're working now? Or are you are you just? So I I'm not going to school anymore. Um, I eventually want to like get a master's in something, but I don't know what yet. Um, I, that's still something I'm trying to figure out. Uh, kind of which which route or which direction I want to go down towards. So, still something. What would be your dream job? Like, if you could just have it right now, what, what would you want to do? My dream job probably, um, the career-related would be, like, working, I don't know, FBI, DEA, some type of federal law enforcement field like that. Um, what does it take to, to do it? Definitely a lot of work. Um I figured out getting into that perspective. I'm, I it'll be helpful if I if I were a police officer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens from from here on. Now it just takes a lot of things to to get to that step. Um, you know, balancing everything. Um, there was one point when I graduated. I I even applied for you know 
Customs or even Border Patrol. Um, that didn't end up working out, but I remember I was like, if I really get in, like they're gonna they're gonna move me wherever they need me, and that was something else I was gonna have to face. So it's like definitely gonna be choosing a job that'll be more uh, more um, I don't know beneficial and that works with me in the long run. Yeah. You know, graduating is definitely a great accomplishment from college. What would you say to somebody like a young person still struggling through college that might think about dropping out? What would you tell them? Definitely take things one day at a time. Um, I mean, one semester at a time, one week at a time, one test at a time, one assignment at a time. Um, I remember being in school, I'm like, I have to finish. I never thought I have to finish in four years. That was never my mindset. My mindset was always focused on one semester. It's like, okay, these are my classes. This is what I have to do to pass these classes. This is how much I have to read to pass this class. This is how much test I have to do for this class. Like it's kind of thinking, I try to think of it as like developing like a, some type of plan before actually doing it. I mean, so if I did the, if I did the class or in the wrong game plan from what I did do, I mean, it wouldn't help me out. Mm -hmm. So definitely day at a time, one week at a time. I mean, um, then eventually those semesters will build up and before you know it, you'll be graduating. Yeah. It's tough. Overall, how hard was it to graduate from college? It definitely tests you. I mean, you got to figure out what type of person you are. Um, You understand, like, I really enjoyed it because you could set your own schedule i mean the the teachers or the or the uh, professors that you know they were very um you know this is how they did the class this is um how my class is formatted i have you know once one lecture then one test day or whatever their schedule may be um and then like learning how to how to tie that in it's like you gotta you gotta figure out your schedule the way you set up your classes you gotta things you gotta figure out things that will um help you out in the long run. I mean you don't wanna be setting something up for the morning if you're not a morning person mm-hmm. or set something up for the afternoon and you you know you don't wanna do stuff in the afternoon. Um just setting it up as as much as possible in a helpful way, I mean that's that's one thing that would help out. That's awesome. Yeah, and then as soon as you uh, you got to Crucis and then you got put into this, I was talking to you about this the other day about how hard it is to come into a new environment. You got a new job, and then now you have to you have to you know prove yourself at this new place of work. Uh, was it hard to adapt to the new job that you have now? It was a struggle. It was a test. I wouldn't say struggle. It was a test for sure. Um, but I, I, I kind of see myself as being like the adaptive person. So it's like um, like you got to figure out how how you want to be or how you want to do a job or how you want to carry it out, how you want to carry yourself as a person. I mean, um, that like that testing is definitely going to be there. And that's something that that I learned during school. I mean, eat, anything could test you pretty much. Um, new professor, new new class. I mean, new environment. I mean, there's 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 different type of tests that people face every day. You know what I mean? And it's just like how you want to carry yourself and how you which one you figure out that that'll fit that will help you out the best in the long run. Right. I think I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it out of you. We we're talking about 
um, being comfortable, become comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a huge, that's a huge piece of advice that I can, that I like to give people is because ha a lot of the things that I've gone through that were difficult in my life, you know, every day was uncomfortable for me. And I remember asking you a whole bunch of questions about what's your new job? What do you do for your job? What's your job title? What do you have to do at your, at your job? Like, do you have a desk? And I was trying to get the picture painted in my own head so that I could compare myself and be like, do I have what Ish has? You know, could, could I do it if I was Ish? Because, uh, like I, like I was saying, I always tell everyone I'm just fascinated with the way other good minds work. And you were saying that at first it was hard. It was hard because you were in a new place. You had to make new friends. And then not only are you in a new place, you're in a new place completely different from anywhere you've ever been. You're far from home. Now you have a new boss that you have to answer to. And if you don't make the cut, you don't pay your bills. And so I was trying to get like a feel for how difficult your job actually was. Um, and I remember you were saying it's kind of like a sink or swim type of type of place. If you don't exactly. do your work right, you're just you're not gonna you're not gonna make the cut. Right. Um, how how hard is it to actually get the work the job done right? Like what? So we we know the basics. You if there's a case that you need to work on, or I know the basics. There's if there's a case that you need to work on. Um, you, you do all your paperwork, and then if you got to get involved, you go involve yourself with um, the child. Is um, is it is it hard to maintain your paperwork? Is it is it hard to um, actually do what the job entails? Is it a hard job overall? So definitely, the job is hard, but it it's all how you how you um, schedule yourself, how you maintain yourself. Um, like I said earlier, I mean, this is something I learned in school where it's like, you're given the opportunity to set your own schedule. Um, you're given the opportunity when you eat, when you do homework, when you pay bills, when you study, when you have free time to go to the gym. Um, it's like you have that opportunity and, um, this job is just the same thing. Like, you know, different type of task being scheduled, but just setting it up as much or what or the best way that's beneficial to me that's going to help me out um i mean and then how you were saying it like it's definitely when i first started it was it was tough but it's you got to be you got to become uncomfortable you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable 24 7 um and that's that's one they one way that helps me out i mean um like you have to look at your look at the mindset and just change it up and like if i don't get this or um, if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. If I don't complete this, nobody else is going to do it for me. So your um, job, like, correct me if I'm wrong, is like if some if a kid is getting abused or something going through, you gotta you you show up and you investigate it or what? Exactly. That's what yeah. I wanted to talk exactly. about too. Is like, man, the pressure of doing your job, yeah. right? That's yeah, and that's a whole. We could have a whole other podcast on that. It's one too, fulfilling honestly. though. I, mean, I think it's, so it's a. I think it's a very fulfilling lifestyle to have. You're, you're looking out for children. Yeah, man. that's awesome. I have I have a soft spot for looking out for kids. I mean, I don't think any kid should be abused. Right. I, I, and I'm very, very aggressive when it comes to child abuse. Like, I feel like if you're abusing your kid, you should be put to death by whatever means necessary. Like, I'm very aggressive in my way of thinking. Um, children are so precious, you know, and, and I've seen too many, too many bad stories personally on TV, on the Internet. And I just can't, 
I can't get it in my head. I don't know if I could do your job. I think there would be too much weighing on me you every put night. Your emotion to the side and, and do be professional in it. Or? So definitely, I mean, you got to be adaptive in every situation. Um, and then, like how you were saying, like um, how you were, you how you couldn't do my job. I mean, I think we hear that all the time. And then, I I always say that of other people who do different things, you know, who do different <laughs> types of work. And, like, I've thought about it in your job, and I'm like, there's no way I could do, like, just look at, like, look at a computer all day, look at these codes, like, there's no way I could do that. Yeah, um, but it's not, it, I'm not emotionally involved and, and in it's, it. And it's just, like, like you are everything, hap- everything happens for a reason. Yeah, man. everybody like, has their own role in life. Like, like everybody has, destiny. everybody it's a great, has their own path. It's a great you know, segue right? into a, some another subject I want to talk about with you is um, you're not emotional like you have you have a uh what i noticed about you is that you've got a very thought out process of how you handle things you're almost like a machine like you take information you find the you find the path of least resistance and then you take that path to get the job done it's like you just set up like these little missions like and when i was in the army those type of people did great like we had so much stuff to do all the time but the guy who is always thinking about what's how can I get it done, and he goes and does it like the dude's like a, a machine, you know. They do great, and you you've kind of got that personality to you. Like you see the next task, and you're I I kind of feel like you're constantly thinking like okay, what do I got to do to get there? How do I get there? What do I what do I need? What do I need to know? And it's like you just kind of knock it down on your way over. It's funny like the way you describe that too because, you know, me being myself, I've never thought of myself like that. But that description is like very, um, it, it, it fits me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, and it's crazy to see because I've never thought of myself like being that person or um, being, you know, no emotion or showing having no emotions or anything like that. I mean. Are you keeping under control? There's, yeah. a, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is um, like whatever you're doing, whatever task you're doing, no matter what it is, you got a game plan. You gotta you gotta execute the plan, and you want to set up the plan as as best as it's gonna help you out. You know what I mean? Were you thinking that way before you went to college, or is that something you developed there, or did you develop like that way of thinking after college? So I think I had a little bit of those characteristics when I was in high school, um, but being in college has definitely helped me out to better those skills. I mean, just the same way, like you're taking five classes. You have to go to these classes. You have to go to these lectures. You have to study for this test. Um, you have these assignments that need to be completed weekly. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do to to figure this stuff out? I mean, you definitely don't want to go in there with no game plan and no idea of what you're doing and just doing one thing at a time. It's just like you gotta you gotta set the plan up the best way. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I'm sure in your profession you see like a lot of crazy things. Uh... So how do you how do you balance it like to get to the bottom of it and so you don't uh, put your emotion to it where you just want to go beat up the person that's 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 uh, abusing the child or how do you how do you deal with that? It's tough because it's like you gotta I don't know you just gotta figure out that boundary. Yeah. Um, definitely, there are like there are some times like after work where I'm not like stuck on a situation, but I'm just tired. I'm drained. Um, I mean, there's stuff to do at home after work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to be like one of those people that, um, like that'll just come home straight from work and just stay on the couch all day. 
Um, like those, even though those times are helpful, you do need those times every now and then, but it's like, um, I have to figure something out that's going to help me take care of like some like personal self care after away from work. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely hard to balance in that first when I first started working there. I mean, that was something I had to work on. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of, um, these, these things that you're talking about to me, it seems like a lot of skills that you built. It doesn't seem like you kind of, you've, you've made yourself this way on accident, you know, uh, talking about what it took to get you through college, how you develop your game plans and you, you figure it out. Now you're in a new job. You, you've figured out a way to not apply all of your emotion into something. You got your, your gym. I see you at the gym once in a while or pretty much all the time. You've got your self-care. Um, it seems like you just, you put together the type of person that you wanted that you want to be and now you're now you're doing that and to me that's incredible because there's a there's a lot of people out you know in the world who, who don't have that capability it, it's hard as much as they tell themselves that's what they want to do and what they want to be they don't become it and it's kind of sad but maybe if everybody was was great maybe this world would be a different place it'd be harder to to point out guys like you and I just want to point out some of these things that I see in you that maybe you don't see because they're interesting to talk about and definitely people listening, they can be exposed to something they might not have thought about before. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if people out there don't know you, try to become your friend and surround themselves with, with one more good person so that they can try yeah, because to... Because you are who you hang out with. You know, that's what I was yeah, that's yeah. True. trying to lead into is... Yeah. Um, that's that's one of the things I've been trying to do with my life is I look for other people that are that are smarter than me in some way or mm-hmm. brighter than me or who can can um, convey themselves in in a better way and I try to surround myself with nothing but that yeah and I've tried to um, cut myself away from hanging out with people that I feel might, might not be good for me or might not be good for me in some some type of way but I think it's it's awesome the person that you you've become you you might see it from a different perspective because you're you. You know, and every day you wake up, you're, you're living in your own cave and you got to leave. You come back to your, your own environment. And for someone like me who's outside looking in, this you've accomplished so much. It's a, it's a huge thing. Maybe maybe a lot of people don't even care about going to college or, or graduating, but um, you do. You did. And you actually accomplished it to to care about it and to go and do it. That's a huge step in itself. And then after graduating, to be to take that degree and go apply it into another city and to go enter another uncomfortable situation and to thrive there. And now, now I'm sure you're going to do a great job there. That's another huge accomplishment. Yeah, not too many people from where we come from have done that. You know? It's big. It's a big deal. And yeah. this, this is the whole reason why I wanted to come up with a podcast because I feel like your story needs to be you know told and people who might have this type of mentality might be, well, if, if Ish can do it, you know, I can go out and do it too. I, I grew up in Palmer Loop and in Mud Canyon. And not to mention, like, you didn't grow up in, in a situation where you had everything given to you. You know, you grew up on the reservation. Uh, we, we, you know, it's not a land of money. We're not, we're not crawling in opportunity. And so you, you, made, you made a lot out of things that you didn't have. And I think that's awesome that you stuck to the plan and now you are where you are. Yeah, I think one thing too is like, I know my family has definitely like 
they've taught me um, on accident, like, if you work for things, you, you'll you gain things. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, how we, we really didn't have anything, you know, just talking about poverty issues on the reservation. Um, but I remember every time I would get, you know, A's and B's on report card, I would get something. Shoes, yeah. shirt, toy when I was younger. Um, I mean... Um, so like I said, like that's something they that they've helped me out and like they've I worked for this and sometimes there's benefit for it. There there's a reward for it. Um I mean it's it's definitely tough to to think about it. I mean, especially too like going back to to the workforce and what we we're talking about. Um I remember I know one thing that comes to my mind all the time is like I have this I don't know, something gets me to a point and I'm just like I like they asked me or I asked myself because I'm very hard on myself and it's like um why are you here why are you doing this how are you going to do how are you going to be the best you um like what's your why you got to figure out what's your why mm-hmm. um I remember in college I would always listen to Eric Thomas um he's definitely like like I said I'm not the venting person I'm not the I'm not the type of person to vent to I don't like when people vent towards me um but Eric Thomas, I mean, I feel like his is he like a life coach? He's like he's it? like a motivational speaker, yeah. and his mm-hmm. his um his spe- his speeches and how he talks definitely like I could relate to it, and it it came it came at the right point when I was in school. Um, I mean, cause think about it when you're when you're at school, you'll you'll normally ask for help for people that went through it. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people that went or yeah went through college where we're from so how do you ask for help in that in that type speaking of area of, speaking of that do you have a lot of um people that you do you call for help at any time or are you pretty self-sufficient so definitely like i you know you gotta you gotta use your resources and use use some help when you do need help but there's some like i'm definitely more of the person that'll let's figure this out first like if you can't do it on your own then ask for help um I mean, it's just like I said, Eric Thomas. I mean, he's a he's a big, big, um, big uh, piece of me graduating. I mean, he helped me develop like a mindset. Um, kind of, I kind of got some of it relating to like you know playing sports and stuff like that, um, football. But it's like being in school, being in college, being in this lecture class. Um, it's like I'm not. I always had the mindset, or it's like not the mindset, but it's just I've, I've had I've had it in me. It's like I'm not supposed to be here, I'm not even supposed to be here. So I might as well do the best and make the best of my situation. Sitting in my in my class, oh, I'm not supposed to be here, but let's 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 work hard to get good, to get um to get a good grade on this test. What do you mean um, when you say you you don't think you're supposed to be there? Like, like the odds like, are against you. Or what? Yeah, definitely. I have that demeanor. Like I always have a chip on my shoulder. Like, yeah. um. Being like even moving to Albuquerque, coming from Mescalero, I'm not supposed to be here. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that I comes from people, people saying that? Like I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Like if it's from how I was raised or being in, in Mescalero, you know, the place I grew up. I've always had this chip on my shoulder that this person can, is doing this. Why can't I do it? Uh-huh. Um, this person works at this place off the reservation why can't i do it um i'm at school i'm not even supposed to be here let's let's make the most of it 
I remember thinking about that all the time. I remember thinking um, when I was graduating, I was sitting there with my cap on. It's like, I'm not even supposed to be here right now. But look, here we are after just working hard each semester. Yeah, but you're proving that wrong. And that, it, that, it, that voice wrong. That, yeah. I, and you yeah, made it. It's crazy, too. I mean, even being at work, like I can't think of how many times when, when I got my first paycheck, I'm like, look, I'm not even supposed to be here. The odds were against us. They said we couldn't do this. They said our people in my type of background, we can't do this. We're not set to be this type of person. Mm-hmm. Looking at statistics, I mean, we're not supposed to be there. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Cool like, saying, like, even even like well, if you think about it, like how where we came from, our 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 people's history, our background. You know, being the mescaleros. Um, I know a little bit about the story. I mean, I don't want to say something that's wrong, but. Us being on the reservation in Mescalero after, you know, coming back from boarding schools and like, we're not even supposed to be there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, like, we're, and it's like, we're there. Like, let's, let's make the most of it. You know what We're I mean? survivors pretty much. Our Exa- culture. Yeah. Exactly. We're yeah. survivors. I mean, we're it's, warriors. I mean. We're supposed to be extinct. Exactly. We're not supposed to be yeah, here. That's awesome that you put it like that. It's yeah. so relatable. I mean, it's crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and instill that for me. I hope you know. I mean, even thinking about like, like, um. <laughs> Like say look at look at our resort or our casino, um, you know how they have like the awards. You know I don't know what it is the four star, five star award, yeah, four diamond, stuff like that. Four diamond. Four diamond. Yeah. They're we're not even supposed to be here. We're not even supposed to have that. But it's but like, we're the best all season. Resort it, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I I think it's definitely a mindset um, that a lot of us are. Did you get that from that Eric Thomas guy? Did you kind of think about? Or does he teach on those kind of principles? Or he he does teach on principles like that, but it's like, like I said, his speakings and his talkings, I've kind of figured out how to relate that to my life. What does he teach on? What did he teach just you? anything? Like, I don't know. It's crazy. My my first video or my first um speech I remember hearing from him, um, it was uh in high school I believe. And this is when, you know, YouTube was still making its way up. Um, but I remember seeing the video and he had this video and it was called, uh, How Bad Do You Want to Breathe? Oh, you see the, the, the black dude, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. And I remember the first time I watched that video, I came across it on That's accident. That's the one where he's talking about, like, you got to want something as bad as you want to breathe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I've, exactly. Some nights you're not going to get sleep. Some nights you're going to have to sleep studying. Exactly. Night. Yeah. That, That's a... Real inspiring. I, I can't I can't tell you how many times when I was in school, um, and I just hit this breaking point. I hit this wall. I don't know what to do. I just want to give up. I don't know how to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just like watching videos, like you know, not being motivated at that point, just watching videos, and just like each video I watched, I kind of brought it in somehow, re- related it to myself. And it helped me get the job done. Yeah. Um, I, he has his other video too. It's called uh, like, what's your why? He's like, why do why do you, why do you do what you do? Why do you, mm. why do you carry yourself the way you carry yourself? Why do you work where you work? What's your point? Like, why, why do it? Why do you want to be here? And I think it's like it's just, I don't know. It's it's tough because it's hard to explain, but. Um, like just watching those videos kind of helped me get through to it. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. So, what's your why? Why do you want to be in the position you are now in your job? Well, where I'm at right now, like thinking about the job perspective, I mean, um, 
Like, I remember when I would hit breaking points when I was at my, at my new job, you know what I mean? It's like, do I want to keep doing this or do I want to quit? Um, you got to figure out what's your why. I want to be the superhero, this imaginary superhero, I mean. For the kids? For the kids. Yeah. If no one's going to, no one's, um, it has to be done. Um, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. Somebody has to do it. See, that's like the most selfless job you can get. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Like, I can't tell you. I mean, we could, we could talk about a whole nother podcast about Eric Thomas. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. And then especially, too, like how I, how I told you, I like, don't really like talking to people about my problems, venting and stuff like that. Just watching that video and not being able to talk to anybody about it, but just take it in. I mean, it's been very, it was very helpful during school. I mean, crazy. yeah. It's really interesting to think about like what drives you and how you keep going because um, you've got you've got a different way of thinking that it carries you far, man, and it's and you can see it. Um, I hope that we can affect more people, you know, to get that kind of mindset. You know, you got that. You got you're different, and that's why I wanted to um, sh- share your story. You know, you've got a lot of good things to say. Your your head. You, even from whenever you're a kid, I think there was something different there growing up. Because you're not the type of person that's going to go out and belittle somebody. You're not the type of person that talks bad about anybody behind their back. Um, you're not mean or negative in any way. And I wanted to know where that came from, you know. And it's it's probably comes from maybe your family. Maybe you're just right. born different. Maybe your your head's just wired differently. But and I'm glad I'm glad that you actually... You're successful. You're doing everything you're doing. You you moved to Christmas and I got a chance to hang out with you because, like I was saying before, I'm trying to surround myself, you know, with with positive thinking people. It makes for a better life, that's yeah. for sure. Um, so and I sometimes when I go home, and I start hearing about all the negative things that are going on in the community, people that are talking about each other, and people that are talking maybe about you. Man, it it puts you down. It puts you right. down big time, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be the victim of that. Um, it's it's hard, but uh, when you when you're just constantly around other people that are just boosting you up and that are always helping you out in some way like that, it, that's so it's satisfying. Like iron sharpens iron. That old saying. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say too, like it's it's weird because I remember like you know going places back home, um, grocery store, getting gas, whatever, birthday parties and stuff like that. I mean, um, everyone pretty much. I mean, they would always show me love, like. It was crazy because I remember we were in high school and I remember going to places and someone would be like, oh, you're ish, right? And I'd always think, like, how do you know me? And they would be like, oh, you play basketball or you play football or I've seen you in the newspaper or I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. And they're like, oh, and I remember they would always be like, um, you got to go to school. You got to go to school. Keep going. When you graduate, don't stop. Like, just keep going and keep going. And then at that point, I was thinking, like, these people are weird. Like, they come up to me. And um, just tell me this, like, they don't, I mean, they don't even know me. I don't even know them, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, looking back on it, I mean, I can see the message that they were trying to spread. I mean, because I feel the exact same way right now with, you know, when when, um, when I see youth in the community or when people graduating, I mean, like, just just set your set your bar up high and um, the sky's the limit. I mean, it's just how, I want so it's just many what people, you want to do. I want so many people to do good, man. It's... And not they have to want it for themselves too. I think mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a lot of people who are just content with with what they have going on, and that, and that's okay. Uh, and I can't force my way of thinking on everybody, but 
uh, I'm glad to see you making it. And I think you did a great job with yourself so far. And I hope that you just continue to grow and you keep accomplishing more and more goals. You get that, that DEA job someday and everything just plays out for you. Because, the like I said, I, I think you're, you're doing an amazing job with yourself. It's, so. it's crazy, too, because, I mean, thinking even, like, before Eric Thomas, I mean, I, I remember learning a lot of stuff from, you know, playing football, um, from the football coaches and stuff like that. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you you know, you would get your get your little stories or your lessons after practice, before practice, and stuff like that. Um, and that's, I remember I always think of something, and I always tie it back, like, oh, I learned this in football. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, I remember they would always be like, oh, let's get better today. Let's get better. It's a new day. Let's get better. Um, Sports is, a, is an important thing. If you don't get better, I mean, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. I mean, you're not staying the same. Yeah. It's it's, it's crazy. If, like, if um, you got you got to figure out how to work it together as a team to get the job done, you got to figure out within yourself to figure out your own individual job that's going to contribute to the team. Uh, which is going to contribute to the overall goal. I mean, it's crazy learning communication, um, learning how to lose, learning how to win, learning how to be together, learning how to be one. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I remember, um, like just just being with all the coaches and having them teach that to us. I mean, it's very, it's been very helpful, and I appreciate that too. I have two questions. I mean, you talked about earlier that you believed everything happens for a reason. Where did that come from? Is that like a like a religious thing? And then the second one is um your uh, Apache culture. How did that affect you? And uh, where does that come in in your life? So definitely, I mean, it's it's hard because it's like I do believe everything happens for a reason. I mean, think about us three right now here at this moment. I mean, six months from now, this is this is not, nothing we even thought of. Yeah. Two years ago, it's not something that would even be possible if, if I didn't move here, if you didn't move here. I mean, everything happens for a reason. I mean, I, I believe everybody has their own, their own, um, you know, their own path that they need to follow for whatever reason. Um, and it's tough because, like, you you really don't know what what your why is or what your reason is until you figure it out. Yeah. And that could be when you're 21 and that could be when you're 45. Like, who knows? Um, especially, you know, with like people who, who pass away at an early, early age, especially people like from the reservation. I mean, they, if you think about, I mean, I, I can guarantee you, you can think about one thing that you remember from that person. That's what they were there for. They were there to spread this message. They were there to, to show this to you. I mean, even though, if, you know, they, they ended up leaving the picture a little bit, you know, longer or before we, we wanted them to, um, you know, they eventually stay with us, but it's crazy. Um, and definitely like, it's hard because I like, um, you know, being with, being proud of where, who I am and where coming from where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember growing up, they would always say, be proud, be proud of who you are and be proud of your people. Um, and you know, growing up, I really didn't know what that meant. Yeah. But looking back on it, it's like, oh, this is what they're talking about. This yeah. is why they wanted us to do this. This is this is why they tell us this. This is why they try to teach us as much as they can. Um, I mean, there's people who who went down the wrong path, and you know, even though they they are on that 
wrong path, they still have that demeanor to teach us. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, think about how many times you're at a you're at a party or a um, little cookout, and there's someone there, there's someone that you know that's always drinking, but when they're drinking and they're telling you stuff, they tell you good things. Like they tell you good stories. They they give you good lessons, and you, you have to take that in. Um, so definitely, like I think the culture has, um, has, uh, contributed to the person that I am today. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, so you're giving back, you're helping children, you're going to the gym, like <laughs> what more can you, can you ask for? You know, now you're going to try to get your master's in something and continue to do great things. But, um, like I was saying before, you, you know, you did a great job, you're doing a great job and. I just hope that um, some of these things that you're sharing can help other people. And if anybody, anybody listening to this has any questions for, um, for if you ever see him anywhere, definitely stop and talk to him. He's very approachable, very nice, very respectable. He's not going to turn you away. Um, I don't, I don't have any more for Ish. You have anything else for him? I think that's it. I was, I was just glad to get you. I didn't even know really too much about you. I thought you were just still going to school here and stuff. But yeah, that's. I'm very proud, you know, to, to know you, and, and that's inspiring to me of all the great things you've done, and I appreciate you being on this podcast and talking. Yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for coming on and, and not being shame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's probably going to make fun of us somewhere, but it's okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but thanks for thanks for coming on and hanging out with me and Chris for, what, was that two hours hanging out for was us? Was that two hours? Or an hour, hour and a half maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but all right. Time always goes by so fast on these things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all I got. Is there anything else you want to say? No, that's pretty much it. Um, definitely to all of our youth out there, I mean, try to be the best person that you can be. I mean, there's life outside the reservation. The reservation is always going to be there, but, I mean, don't be scared. Don't be nervous if you want to leave. Go to leave. Try it out. Find, find the type of person that you are, and once you figure that out, just run with it. So I think that's pretty much it. So thank you guys for having me. Oh. This is fun. We'll look out for the next one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll end it on that note. Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.